All right, good evening. It's good to be in church here tonight, and uh, good to see everybody out. Pray you had a good week. And uh, we're going to be in the uh, last chapter of the Gospel of John this, uh, this evening. I'll say this morning, this evening. John chapter 21. And uh, before we get into the message, I want to tell a bit of a story. Have you ever been to, uh, you ever get into a bit of an embarrassing or awkward situation? I tend to do that quite often. And uh, so Sunday night, uh, we're given, uh, I tell a story, if you, were, if you were here Sunday night, we're given all these testimonies and of the prayer weekend. It was a great time. I was, and Brother Andrew gave a testimony. And of course, Brother Felipe was up here before that. And uh, a church in Mergen supports Brother Felipe as a missionary in Spain. And so I was wanting to catch up with him sometime. Anyways, I'm sitting back there in the family. And during the course of the night, I uh, made eye contact with Brother Felipe. So he's sitting over here. I'm sitting over here. And so... I, th- I think Brother Barnes just finished up giving his testimony, and so I, may, I turned around, made eye contact with Brother Felipe. I said, hey, how you doing, bro? And uh, I'm thinking automatically he came to our church in Murray a couple of years ago. I'm thinking, oh, what's t- what took place out there and, you know, time we had with the folks and all that. All of a sudden, I hear my name, Brother Heberly, is going to give a testimony. <laughs> <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea Pastor even knew my hand was raised. So I, tur- I turned to my wife, Becky, and she's, she whispered to me. She says, you're about to give a testimony. I said, what? I said, what? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and she's like stressing. She's panicking. I'm in oblivion. I have no idea what's going on. And uh, anyways, it all kind of worked out at the end. So I just, uh, I finally hit me what was going on. And afterwards, uh, it's, I realized that pastor saw my hand when I was waving to Brother Felipe. It wasn't for a testimony. I was waving to him. So anyways, things happen that way. It's all good. Last chapter of John here, uh, chapter 21, and there's quite a bit of information here, and uh, we're not going to have time to go uh, get too deep tonight. I know it's Wednesday night, and you've been probably working all week and a bit tired, Uh, so I just want to give you something, uh, hopefully that'll help you, be an encouragement to you, and uplift your spirit here in the middle of the week. And uh, we're going to go through and read, uh, actually we'll read the entire chapter, and uh, make a few comments as we go along, give you a couple points and then hopefully it'll be a bit of a, a help to you this evening. I, I, like, I liken this chapter, John 21, to the uh, last chapter of Jonah, Jonah chapter 4. And I say that because really, here in chapter 21, Christ is dealing kind of one-on-one with Peter. And you understand who Peter is. So we, I think we all relate to him. All right, he's impatient, he, he's impetuous, he uh, makes some rash decisions at times. And so he's always out front. He's the leader of the disciples of the group. But he has some, uh, some temperament issues and so forth, and we all can relate to that, can we not? We can relate to Peter. And so here, likewise in Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, God deals with Jonah very specifically. You have the, uh, basically the revival taking place there in chapter 3 in Jonah. People getting saved, the whole city of uh, Nineveh re- received the Lord, repented, received God, Christ as their Savior. And then you have chapter 4 comes in, and God deals with Jonah very quietly. And deals with his heart, because Jonah had a heart issue. And here, we're going to look at Peter tonight, and Peter really is uh, the focus of this chapter. Now, chapter 20 is, uh, I'll give you a little background what's taking place here. Of course, it's the resurrection. Uh, Christ was crucified there, uh, there in uh, verse uh, chapter 19. And then chapter 20 goes to the resurrection Sunday, very, very busy day. People running back on forth to the tomb. Uh, chaos ensued. Uh, the two fellows, the Emmaus, walked the road, and a lot of p- things are going on that particular Sunday. So a very, very high point in, in, uh, in, this, in this time frame, very uh, exciting time in chapter 20. 
It's a chapter 21. It's a bit of a, uh, again, a bit of a quieter time, and, and it's Christ going to deal with Peter in particular and, and dealing with uh, a few issues that he has. And so let's read uh, this together. Uh, we'll read uh, verses 1 through 14, make a few comments along the way, and then we're going to jump into chapter uh, 21, verses 15, and remaining verse, 20, uh, verse 25 is kind of our text uh, verse, verses here tonight. So here in chapter 21 of John, in verse number 1, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And this is another name for the Sea of Galilee. And so if you remember back a few chapters ago, uh, also in the other Gospels, Christ said, hey, look, after my resurrection, meet me near Galilee. So there's a couple times there where Christ is going to meet with the disciples in certain locations. And so this is going to be the story of that meeting place. All right, and on this wise showed he himself. And so John's going to tell the account here of what's taking place next to the Sea of Tiberias, next to the Sea of Galilee. And here's the account. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. So we have a, a group here of seven fellows. Uh, of course, the sons of Zebedee being James and John. And so you have uh, two other disciples and uh, a group of seven fellows waiting there uh, near the Sea of Galilee for the appearance of Christ. Then we have a little bit of an insight into Peter's heart. Verse number three, uh, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Now back uh, before, if we rewind the story a little bit, before the, the uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, we, we find Peter, a very familiar uh, account of Peter denying the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And so there is, even going back further in chapter 16 of John, you have Christ meeting with all the disciples and a lot of fear and trepidation taking place. And Christ was saying, I have to go away, I'm going to die. So there's a lot of uh, mental, a lot of anguish going on, a lot of confusion. Uh, they, uh, they met with Christ there at the end of chapter 20. All right, Sunday evening. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of emotions are thick right now. And, and Peter is at a point in his life where he needs to... Uh, uh, you may have heard a, a word called backslidden, and, uh, and Peter is a bit uh, out of the will of God at this point, and the Lord's going to help him get refocused in his life. I love this, how Christ deals with Peter in a very personal way, and he sets this up for Peter to, to help him, encourage him in his walk, in his calling that God gave him to do. Seven Peter, verse number three, saith unto them, I go a fishing. So he's waiting there. He's saying, you know what, guys, forget it. You know, I'm over this. You know, uh, he, he looks at back of his time, he denied Christ, and I think he's a little bit, uh, little bit discouraged right now, a little bit downtrodden. He says, fellas, I'm going to fishing. They say unto him, verse number three, we also go with thee. All right, so Peter being the leader there, they followed him. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And try to picture in your mind here this, this uh, account unfolding. And then, so they, they fished all night, uh, nothing, and they're fishermen by trade. Right, so uh, they caught nothing, a bit discouraging. And there Jesus appears on the shore, and they didn't, understand, they didn't know it was him. Verse number five, then Jesus saith unto them, children, have you any meat? Have you guys caught anything? Hey, fellas, do you have any, anything to eat over there? And whenever Christ asks a question, he's not asking for information. God knows what's going on. 
All right, Jesus Christ knows what's going on. So he's not asking these uh, fellows for information. He's asking uh, a question so they can understand where they're at. And they answered him, no. A bit discouraged, you know, a bit uh, probably frustrated. Fished all night. No fish. And he said unto them, cast them that on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it from the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter, all right, that's, that's John, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land. But as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon, as, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And I love this, uh, as you think about what Christ prepared for them. He prepared breakfast for him. He already had the coals hot and ready. And you think about back a few chapters before when, when uh, Peter denied Jesus Christ. And where was Peter when he denied Christ? He was warming his hands by the fire, by the coals. So I, I think it's a bit of a, uh, it's not a coincidence, and I think it's on purpose. God set this little this atmosphere up. And uh, I'm sure Peter had a bit of a flashback when he came ashore after swimming about 100 meters or so. That's what that uh, distance is from the shore. So about 100 meters, he uh, walked up, up on the shore, dripping wet. There was a little uh, fire made. Fish and bread was cooked over the fire. Breakfast was served. And Christ says here to them, verse number 10, Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now have caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 150 and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And now the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? So by this time they understood who he was. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. And I love how the Lord really doesn't jump down Peter's throat, doesn't get, uh, you know, he really takes his time. He really supplies the physical need of Peter first and the disciples. He takes his time in nourishing them physically, making sure Peter is dried off, make sure he's comfortable, and you know how it is after you eat. You know, you're a bit more comfortable, a bit more relaxed. You get there, and the setting is going on, and Christ is really setting this up, and, and, and Peter is about to be put in the spotlight, about to be put in the spotlight, and the rest of the chapter is dealing with, uh, with Peter, and Christ has set the scene here for us, and, and I love how Christ handles Peter, and there's a lot to learn here tonight about how Christ uh, handles him, how we, how we can handle different situations in life, and we see, we see Peter here. They are now finished breakfast and a bit more relaxed. I'm sure they're all dried off from the fire. And here, verse 15, Peter's putting a spotlight. And it's something Christ is going to deal with Peter specifically in, in his heart. And again, Peter is a bit distant from the Lord. He's not what he should be. And uh, he's going to be dealt with graciously. And you see God's grace and mercy throughout all of this. And I've been doing a bit of a study in the, in the book of Genesis out in our church in Morgan. And uh, it's right from the word go, you see God's grace, love, and long-suffering established way back there in Genesis. 
and it runs all through Scripture. And you see God's loving kindness and His patience. You know, we're not very patient, are we? I know I'm not. Not very patient. But we understand God is very patient with us. Very kind, very long-suffering. We see this taking place here. Verse 15. Let's read a few more verses here, and we'll get more into the, uh, the points I have for you tonight. So when, when they had dined, verse 15, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. At this section here, we're going to look and see what is essentially a call to faithfulness for any believer. Any disciple of Christ, anyone who is going to serve the Lord. And there's three things tonight I want to get into briefly, and as we uh, cover these next uh, few verses... And we look at Peter, and uh, again, we can all relate to Peter. We can all relate to him. He, he overestimates himself. He underestimates temptation. He thinks he's more committed than he is. He thinks he loves the Lord more than he does. And he thinks he can face any trial triumphantly and finds out he can't. So really, right at this point, he's a broken man. And the spotlight's put on him starting in verse 15. There's three things tonight we're going to look at briefly, and the three things are these. Uh, a call to love Christ. A call to sacrifice for Christ and a call to obey Christ. And those are the three things that we'll cover here tonight in the life of Peter. A call to love Christ, a call to sacrifice for Christ, and a call to obey Christ no matter what. And there is a necessity of a call to love, a call to sacrifice, and a call to obey. It's not, it's not easy. We are told by our Lord himself in his gospel calls that, that sinners are to submit completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. To find their lives by losing them. To fulfill their lives by emptying them, to live their lives by dying to self. Was Christ say, take up your cross and follow me? And follow me. When a person gets saved, it's not a guarantee of a, uh, a free flowing life. There's going to be issues, there's going to be problems. And serving the Lord is going to, is going to take love, sacrifice, and obedience. And we see here, uh, Peter has lost a little bit of this. He, he's backslidden, and he needs to be restored. And he's going to be restored publicly. He denied Christ publicly, and Christ is going to restore him publicly. And it's interesting how he does this. He first addresses the motive of following Christ. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, verse 15, Simon, son of Jonas. Interesting, Christ used that phrase. He didn't call him Simon Peter. He called him son of Jonas. That was Peter's name before he was saved. Before he was called to follow Christ. And so Christ is addressing Peter. You know what? That's how far you're gone, Peter. Your heart is not near to what I call you to do. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these, more than these, more than these fishing nets, more than this occupation? Do you love me, Peter, more than what you see around you? More than the comfort of sitting here on the beach side? More than the fish that you caught this morning? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than what you want to do? Again, back in uh, chapter uh, 21, verse number 3, Peter said, I'm going to fishing. I'm, I'm going to go back to what I used to be doing because right now it's not working out. I'm not really uh, focused on God's call for my life. And, you know, I, I'm a bit, my heart is a bit gone right now. I'm going back to what I'm comfortable to. I'm going back to what my profession was before I was called to follow Jesus Christ. 
So the first thing Christ addressed in Peter is his heart, is his love for the Lord. The motive is love. The motive for following Christ has got to be loving him. Loving him. The love of God constraineth us, Paul said. It, it motivates me. It pushes me. It makes me get up in the morning want to serve my Savior because I love him. Because I love him. I think we understand that even on a human level, that people who love greatly sacrifice greatly. Love is a powerful, powerful emotion. Very powerful. Even earthly love is so powerful that it can draw the best out of people and also it can draw the worst. It is love that makes people sacrifice everything, everything to live with one person the rest of their life. It is love that is so powerful it can destroy a family. It can destroy a marriage. It does all the time. Very, very powerful emotion. In fact, in John 15, verse 13, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. People die for love. There's movies made about love. Very, very powerful, powerful motivation. And it is the love that we have for the Lord that should control us, that should constrain us, that should push us forward in the Christian life. Really, you follow your love. You follow your love, the things you love. You follow the things in life you love, whatever they be, even objects that you love, experiences that you love, as well as people that you love. You follow those things. Very powerful motivator. In fact, if you would turn back briefly to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Hold your finger here. We'll be back momentarily. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And uh, this will set, I mean, we can go back even further in the scriptures, but this is a great verse to start here. Just uh, get a bit of a, uh, a context of this uh, topic of love. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy head, hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. So talk of them diligently unto thy children. It's not just one time a week. It's, talk, it's, it's committing to the Lord Jesus Christ every day of our life. Loving him, following his commandments, obeying him every day of our life, and teaching our family these things. And that's found, we understand uh, the, great, uh, the great law given to us there in Matthew. Uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and love a neighbor as thyself. And that, is, that is permeates throughout the whole scriptures, is loving the Lord Jesus Christ, loving him. It's a strong, strong motivator. In fact, in uh, John chapter 14, let me just uh, pop over there real quick here, read a a couple of uh, scattered verses, and we'll move on here. Uh, John chapter 15, sorry, 14, verse 15, and we'll read a few verses here. John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto me and make our abode with him. 
He that, verse 24, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. And then uh, verse 28, ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said I go unto my Father, for my Father is greater than I. So from the beginning, from the Mosaic Revelation to the very New Testament itself, and all through the Bible, there's a summation that, that the author is right. We are called to love God with all our faculties, Amen. to love him. It's about loving him, about loving him. So we have Peter here. He's a bit, uh, he's a bit backslidden. He's a bit uh, fallen back. And uh, again, it's interesting how Christ deals with him because there's no six-month course. And again, I'm not being very dogmatic about this because there are times when there has to be uh, an unearthing of past events and so forth, and, and things happen, and different situations are completely different, I understand. But here with Peter, you know, there, there's no uh, talking about the past. There's no, no long counseling sessions. It's simply there's one question given three times. Peter, do you love me? Because you know what? That's the heart of the issue. That's the heart of the issue right there. Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love the Heavenly Father? Do you love him? Do you love him? Here in chapter, uh, again, 21, uh, he says, verse 15, He saith unto him, Lea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Understand the word love here. You may have heard this before. There's, uh, we have a very general term of love. You know, I'll say I love ice cream, and uh, I, I do. We, Pastor and I were in California, and we had a lot of ice cream. And so I think he loves ice cream. I love ice cream. I love ice cream. I love my wife, too. But all right, it's differently, okay? <laughs> Guess out now. All right, so I love ice cream, but I love my wife. Now, that's going to be two different things, okay? And, and so uh, it should be, all right? So... Understand, our English word for love is very general. In the Greek, there's a couple of different words that are used in the New Testament for the word love. And uh, two words in particular, agape and phileo, are used here. Uh, agape is simply is a very deep, abiding, sincere love. And uh, you say, agape, my wife, my spouse. Uh, you know, phileo would be my phileo ice cream. You know, it's more of a brotherly type of a connection. You know, you like that. It's good. It's a good friend of yours and so forth. And so here... These words, we don't have time to go through all this, but these words are interchangeably used back and forth. And Jesus Christ is saying to uh, Peter, Peter, do you, do you agape me? Do you love me with your whole heart very down deep? And Peter says, no, you know what? I phileo you. And he goes back and forth like that until the last time when Christ comes down and uses the same word phileo to Peter, and Peter's grieved because his evidence, his life is showing, you know what? I don't even love you that much, Lord, to be honest. And so there's a bit of a, there's a lot here, a bit of a dialogue going on, and Peter is grieved again. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep, do what I called you to do. Do what I called you to do. First thing is love. Second thing I see is verse 18, is sacrifice. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young... Thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. Christ is saying, Peter, when you were younger, you were your own man. You had freedom. You went where you wanted to go. When you wanted to go here, you went there. You wanted to do this, go fishing, you went 
and did that. Anything your heart desired, you did. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And we get uh, explanation, verse 19, by what Christ is meaning here. Verse 19, this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Christ is prophesying Peter's arrest. He's going to be arrested and going to be crucified. We understand he's crucified upside down. But here, Christ is saying, hey, Peter, when you're younger, you want everyone you want, want to go. But when you're older, there's a euphemism here saying that you shall be, hands will be stretched forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Prophecy of Peter's sacrifice, literally, of his life. Now, you know, we're not all of us are called to die for the cause of Christ physically, but there's going to be sacrifice in following him. There's going to be sacrifice. It's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing. Sacrifice. Love and sacrifice. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. And I love this because Peter's a bit of a project, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing project with Peter, all right? So we'll move to the next point. The third point is this, to uh, follow him completely and obey him completely. And we, we see here, verse 20, Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who was John, all right? So John is now following because uh, Christ, I can you know, kind of imagine there the, uh, the scenario. Uh, Christ uh, speaks to Peter there, tells him, what's going to happen to him in the future. And then Christ says, follow me. So they turn around, and uh, Peter probably takes one or two steps. He turns around and sees John following them. All right, so he's already understood what his end is going to be, what Peter's end is going to be. And, and so we see here in verse 20, which also leaned on the breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? So that gives a little description of who this uh, disciple was. It was John. So we have now have Christ leading, uh, Peter following, and John's following them. Now, Peter, seeing, seeing him, say to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? All right, hey, look it. I know what's happened to me, but what is, what's going to happen to him? All right. This is a classic human nature. All right, we're all like this. What, what, what about him? What about him? If you're a parent here, so I understand, you know, something, you know, you know, you give something to your one child, and what about me? What am I going to get? That's all fair. You know, so that's just life. That's human nature. And here's Peter saying, Lord, what about John? What's going to happen to him? And I love Christ's response because uh, I like to say he was being sarcastic. He kind of was without sin. We understand Christ didn't sin. When we're sarcastic, we probably are sinning. Okay? But here Christ responds with a little bit of sarcasm. He says here, Jesus says unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? You see, you know what? If John lives to my second coming... Who cares? What's that to you? If he lives forever, it doesn't matter. Okay? You follow me. Follow me. It's all, it's, look, it's individual. Don't worry about anybody else. Worry about what God has called you to do. You to do. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Another classic uh, life scenario here, verse 23. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. So there's gossip starting. Isn't that great? There's gossip starting. Hey, do you hear about that? John, he's not going to die. 
<laughs> that's, that's great, isn't it? That happens today. Gossip and rumors start going around. And uh, so this was going around. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? So John clarifies it. He clarifies what's going on. It's not true. It's not true, guys. Don't believe that rumor. It's simply not true. The point being is this tonight, and we'll close with this. The point being, we need to obey God and follow him completely. Follow him. Follow him completely. Because you will follow what you love. You will serve what you love. You will sacrifice for what you love and who you love. And that was a starting question here with Peter. Peter, who do you love? Do you love me more than, than, these, than this equipment, than the fishing, this lifestyle, this profession that you like enjoy doing? Do you love me more than these? It's going to take sacrifice, sacrifice, and it will take obedience, complete following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight the challenge is this. Simply uh, ask yourself, fill the blank in. Do you love the Lord more than you fill the blank in? Where that may be. It could be a sport. It can be a profession. It can be a hobby. Anything that uh, may fill that blank in for you. We're called to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and body. Love, sacrifice, and then obey and follow his calling, no matter what. All right, let's go ahead and pray tonight. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your love towards us. Lord, we just thank you for your sacrifice. And, uh, Lord, we just uh, feel very inadequate uh, a lot of the times that uh, we're not able to give you more and to follow you more. But, Lord, help us to... Uh, Learn from these things from uh, your dealings with uh, Peter. And Father, we thank you for this account. We thank you that we can relate to him. We thank you that uh, you know, we can uh, all have times when we feel like we need to uh, restore our walk with you. And Father, we just uh, ask your help in that. Lord, help us to remain focused in, in our life and in what you've called us to do. Whether that's uh, being uh, here, locked into this church and, and ministering in whatever area that may be, or maybe somewhere else, Lord, we just uh, ask you, Lord, to, to help us remain focused in that. Lord, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for your truth. And we ask you, Lord, to be with the folks this week. In Jesus' name.